Hey guys, welcome to the Immaculate Perceptions podcast. We are now on episode six. So glad you joined us today. I am your co-host, BitBoy. These are your other two co-hosts, uh, Armando, aka Crypto Terp, and Andy, aka Producer, by the way. How are you guys doing this week? Doing awesome, man. Right in Wrigley Field. Uh, <laughs> Doing a special live broadcast for y'all. No, I'm just kidding. Armando said it looks like that. So I'm ready, man. Uh, I've been kind of busy, so in and out of sports, but I, we got stuff to talk about. That's for sure. I'm good, man. You know, I tweaked my back yesterday. I'm not sure what I did or how I did it, but uh, I, I'm feeling it every time I move my arms. I'm playing hurt. Uh, I, I'm playing regardless, and uh, I'm not going to let my team down, so I'm excited. And one, one note, if I curse, I owe you guys both a dollar. So I'm going to try not to uh, swear jar right here. I just, I want to, to yeah, offer that up to you guys. It on my desk. So I'm going to offer that up. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, uh, a fun weekend, man. Fun sports weekend. It is, you know, the last great weekend of the NCAA tournament. Uh, the last four days, you, we've gotten a lot of good games, uh, a lot of big upsets to the number one seeds went down. Almost a third one went down last night, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, as you guys can see behind me. Um, but yeah, it's been fun, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, we focus a lot on this podcast with the AAF and, you know, up until the last couple of weekends, the AAF hasn't really had anything to compete against, you know, but no. finally, the you know, the last couple of weeks with the NCAA tournament in full swing, you know, definitely people, more people are going to be watching that, obviously. So, um, but then after this, of course, there's another lull in sports. We were talking before we went on, like, this is kind of the dead time of sports. I mean, we don't have the NBA playoffs going on yet. March Madness is coming to a close. Uh, you know, football is not happening, at least NFL football. Uh, draft talk isn't really hyped up. Free agents have already been signed. So it's kind of kind of just a, a, a lull time. So what are you guys doing to, you know, get your sports fix? Well, I think that it's a good example. I think you just gave a great example why spring football might work now yeah. because um, I think the AAF is having some success. We'll get into it, but... I'm still hearing they're having financial issues, you know, um, but I think that if anything, at least there's that. But to be honest, guys, it's not like the AAF has really pulled me in where I'm like, oh, man, this is my it's not like a football NFL Sunday feeling, right. you know. Yeah. So to be honest, it's your typical sports center in the morning. See what's going on and not not the not a major focus. It is a lull for me, uh, but AAF helps a little bit. Yeah, I have a couple of podcasts that I listen to almost religiously, uh, especially Speak for Yourself with uh, Jason Whitlock and Marcellus Wiley. They're hilarious. They keep it 100 percent and they pull no punches. And so they keep me updated on everything I need to know in the great wide world of sports. Well, that's, that's good. So great. That's so great. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for yeah. you. And I, I know what you're saying, Andy. <laughs> I know what you're saying, Andy. It, it, it's like, yeah. it's nice to be able to flip it on on a Saturday and watch it. Um, but I won't, yeah. I'm not going to rearrange my entire day. Like it, when right. the Falcons are playing, I rearrange, right. like you guys don't even know some of the things I've got, like had to not do in order to watch a football game, you know, miss family Christmas party, you know, the whole nine yards. Like if the Falcons are playing, like I'm watching period. So, you know, sure. definitely, but you know, it's a new league and, you know, it's, and if we're completely honest about it, you know, it's a new league, but it's B level talent. You know, <clears throat> these are, these are not, some of them can make it back to the A league, but you know, it, it's not the same brand of football as NFL, there, but there's some quirky things about it that make it pretty entertaining. Yeah. True. 
No, that's very true. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm a I'm a Jets fan. I'm the same way you are. I need to watch the games. I I had a job. I remember in college, and I said, only thing is, I no. can't do Sundays. And he's like, why? I was like, um, to be completely honest, I need to watch my football games. Yeah. And he he ended up giving it me that that day off. So well, it's it's real life, you know. I mean. Once football season comes around, you know, all, all bets are off, even though there's a lot of bets going on. But, okay, well, let's uh, let's recap the AF, the stuff that just happened this weekend. Um, I know Johnny Manziel, I believe he started, but either way, he did get hurt. He got uh, a concussion in the Memphis Express versus Apollos game. Um, and believe it or not, the Apollos were actually not doing that great, and Memphis had a great chance to beat them. And I think uh, we got a clip we want to show from that game. Yeah, uh, let's throw to a clip. Okay, let's throw to a clip. Here we go. All right. We do. Over 30 points. Ugh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Seriously? All right. My goodness, what a critical error. I love that. Wow, what a so critical error. Let's talk about why this clip is important. It justifies the whole season for the Memphis Express. Yeah. Okay. This is the Memphis Express in one clip, right? They're up. They're doing good this game. Manziel's out, and that guy Silver pops in, and he's doing all right. And the defense is holding up against the best team, right, guys? Yeah. The best team. Easily. We could all say easily the number one team in the league. Gilbert was having an all right game, but still kind of pulled it together. But, man, Singletary, I feel really bad for him. But I do think that – I think that there's no way that I think a lot of these coaches this year are not going to get fired. Like we can't be talking about Singletary getting fired. This guy's no. had some bad luck. Yeah. He said some bad luck. Um, but again, Memphis express have come more alive of late. They had this terrible thing happen to them, but it reminds me of the jets because we always have bad things happening during the best moments, like right where you're supposed to be, you know, championship teams are champions because good things happen to them. Bad things happen to the Memphis Express. Bad things happen to the Jets. We're just that kind of franchise. The Browns are like that. Uh, a bunch of other teams, of course. Um, it definitely can be argued the Falcons are like that. I mean, in, it's in, cool. in our biggest yeah. moment in the Super Bowl, we had the biggest joke in all sports. So, Yeah, and uh, and thanks, Ben, for including uh, – uh, I guess we're adding some highlights and some updates to the show yeah. so we can interact and react to it. Also, let's not forget that the fleet played the Stallions – uh, really just not a really great game to watch. I watched the highlights. Very uh, a defensive battle. You got a baseball score. You got eight to three. Yeah. All right. Oh, so you got a baseball score. It's like the stallions, you know, they won the game, not really fancy and the fleet. That was not a good win for them coming in, you know, riding into the playoffs or trying to ride into the playoffs. Uh, well, so the, and then the, later, the hot shots have now been lifted up into that two spot to make the playoffs. They, dude, I always I pick the hot shots. I like the hot shots. I think they have a really good team. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, later today, uh, the hot shots will be playing the the Commanders, the San Antonio Commanders, at 5 p.m. Uh, specific out here. I guess that's what six eight your time. Yeah. On NFL Network, and of course your Atlanta legends, sir are playing the Birmingham Iron, who I think are coming off a loss themselves. Yeah, this is actually a big uh, game because even though a few weeks ago I said the Atlanta Legends were sh should be completely done for the playoffs, 
you know, if if they can win this game against the Iron, that would put them only one game behind the Iron. And I don't know how the uh, tiebreaker procedures work yet, but I mean, if they can get this win against them in in convincing fashion, then you know they they could be right back in it, just one game out. You know, I mean, and that's all you can ask for as a football fan is that your team by the last week of the season is still in it, even if it's a far-fetched scenario, you know, whatever it might be, as long as your team is in it to possibly, you know, continue playing for the second season, then, you know, that's good. So I would hate to see them lose today and pretty much, they, if they lose today, they're 100% finished, so. Right. Yeah. And this is like uh, the last straw for for Birmingham, I think. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not. They might still sneak into the playoffs. I don't know. No, Birmingham, um, Birmingham wins this game. They're in the playoffs. I mean, because they're in be, the playoffs. But they, right, they, they okay. would be three games ahead of Atlanta. I for forget the, that they had a good record in the beginning. They were winning yeah. games a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I got a question for you, if I can just jump in real quick. So I want to go back to uh, Orlando, Memphis. Yeah, we saw the clip and as comedically uh, hilarious and unfortunate as it was for Memphis, I couldn't help but notice the score. Memphis was up. Do you guys think that Orlando just looked at Memphis and said, these guys are bums. Our record is way better than theirs and played down to the level of their competition. I don't think, I don't think so. I think, I don't think so. Cause I actually do think the Memphis express have gradually I progressed agree. as I mean, once they got Hackenberg out of the pro- man, what a waste putting him as a starter. Yes. He is the reason Literally, Singletary's worst move was starting Hackenberg. He's the reason they got off to a bad start. That guy was a mess. Holy okay. crap. Okay. Um, I, I think that it just goes to show you that in the Alliance, on any given Saturday or Sunday, <laughs> any given <Right>? weekend. <laughs> yeah, any exactly. given Alliance. Well, and plus, you know, the when you take into consideration the weather, the weather wasn't good. It was weather rainy. was really that, bad. That that affects games in all kinds of ways. I mean, we've seen really wacky things happen, you know, in games like that. So, all right, Andy. So you want to tell us, I think, about some other alternate football news? Yeah, alternate football. I like that. I like that way of using uh, the term. Uh, spring football. Of course, we've talked about the XFL because I think if we make it another year on this show, we want to talk XFL and AAF you know, going at it. Vince McMahon sold 3.2 million shares Mm. of WWE stock in order to fund roughly that equates to uh, $272 million that he is now putting into what's called alpha entertainment. Mm. Now alpha entertainment, Vince McMahon is saying that this is a separate, uh, Separate from WWE, he's trying to start a sports entertainment company. So he's there's apparently going to be some other investments besides the XFL. And he's saying, I am Vince McMahon. I'm, I am risky. I, I take risks. There's reasons why this man is where he is because he does things like this. Okay. So I will say that this is ballsy, but he can afford to do it. So he only sold what, like, I think it was about 4% of his WWE shares. He was probably sitting at his desk and they're like, Vince, I think, you know, we're our projections. If you really want to give it to the AAF and you want to do all this stuff, we're going to need another round of funding. He's like, all right, sell 4% of my share and just dump it over all in one soup. Now, remember the AAF had to go through, had to find someone to just come out of nowhere to invest. Like the guy from uh, North Carolina, Vince has the advantage. And I think this is proof, right? So this makes me more excited. Hey, Vince, 
you're going to pump more money into this. It sounds like you're passionate about the, the XFL. This is your second chance. He's not, he's, first of all, he said, we're going to take two years to make it. So he's like, we're not going to make it in one smart guy. And now he's pumping in more money. So, you know, that I like the idea. What do you guys think of this? I love it. I think, you know, uh, being a, a purebred capitalist, the right way, not crony capitalism. When you have competition, the consumers win. Us being consumers of football, whether it's spring or NFL, when you have more competition, more players playing, uh, whether they want to get back into the NFL or make it for the first time, uh, I think we all win. Yeah, you're going to see some muff punts like we just saw on uh, on Ben's uh, screen there. But at the end of the day, the customers win. I'm, I'm really excited. I just hope and I don't know if it's been enough time, but I hope that the uh, the running back, number 30, and they had the custom nicknames, He Hate Me. If He Hate Me has a son old enough, I want to see He Hate Me Jr. <laughs> in the XFL. I would love that. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think that Vince McMahon is, he's a lot like Donald Trump to me before presidency, you know. Um, he, he goes into a lot of ventures, and he's been very successful. He's made a lot of money. He's also had some epic failures. And, sure. you know, when we look back at some of the most successful people in the world, there are people that don't give up once they fail. And so, you know, even if this second XFL venture fails again, number one, he's still going to have money. And number two, you know, we can look at him as someone who didn't give up. You know, he, he, he knows he botched it up the first time and he wants a chance to fix it. Because he really believes that there is a window for spring football. And, you know, I think we agree with that. So I think and that's the main reason that the AAF was created, because it was based off of him. This whole AAF is only because of him. Yeah, because Vince came up with the I mean, there have been other leagues, but Vince was like really pushing this idea. But he was a little bit behind. And now he's like, OK, 19 years later, uh, here we go. And guess what? He's also getting older and he's got this money. If I was him, I'd say, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to even be riskier in my old age. Forget it. Who cares? The WWE is seated in the American society. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Whether it does good ratings or bad, it ain't going nowhere. Well, what do you, so, think, what, what do you think about the, the only other league I can really think comparable to these two that did see some success was the Arena Football League, um, which was... It was around for a while, but it never seemed to gain the traction that I feel like the AF and in terms of popularity and people watching and the TV coverage and things like that. Why, why do you guys think it, that is? Well, can I jump in real quick? I think uh, for me anyway, I started watching it when it first came out and it was almost like soccer versus indoor soccer, right? The fields mm. were different sizes. You could use stuff off the walls. The shortened fields, people were constantly running before the ball was snapped, kind of like Canadian football has that, yeah. has that too. It didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like the traditional football I was used to watching. And for that, I was like, thanks, but no thanks. I, I agree 100% with that. That's my thought as well. Andy? Andy? <laughs> Wait, oh, oh, Andy, we can't hear you anymore. I'm sorry. Uh yes. I've been muting because I have, air, I have oh. I'm sorry. I've been muting because I got airplanes yeah. going over the top. But uh, what was the question again, Ben? Sorry. It was basically, you know, what? why did the Arena Football League not take off? Because it seemed to be kind of popular with some people, it's, but... Because it's not football, Ben. Exactly. That's the I, answer. It's I, not I football. didn't like it. It's that's. It was another game trying to be take the idea of baseball 
baseball. I mean, uh, I'm thinking of basketball, the movie where they combine basketball. <laughs> Same thing, baseball. yeah. Same idea. They're like, let's turn such uh, a great hockey movie. and football. Like, let's make them slam each other into yeah. the. Oh, it's like when it, they it, when they when they did the bas the the basketball league that was all trampolines. Do you remember that? I, yes. Oh God! Yeah. They even have a they even had a live draft for that and oh everything. That was they were trying to make that a real thing. Slam ball, slam, slam ball. ball. Have the big so three dumb. though. The big three now. You guys watching that? The big three no. is comp is it going on right now? I haven't seen anything uh, about it. For I think a while. the season's over right now. No pick back up once the NBA season's done. Oh yeah, but I kind of dig it. I watched last year. Yeah, it's because it's the same thing. It's real basketball. It's just three on three instead of five on five. That's pretty cool though. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know about that. No. Yeah, yeah, and they had they had good players. Um, yeah, I, the Al Harrington teams last year. Uh, Al Harrington's team dominated the league last year. I think they went undefeated. But um, the, and that one's cool because you got their players who've retired. Some guys that didn't quite make it in the NBA. Like you remember, they played three, four, five years, and you didn't hear from them anymore. And then they pop up in this league. And you know, like Al Harrington was by far the best basketball player in that whole league. And you had. Some reputable, you know, players in there. He certainly wasn't the only oh, yeah. one you'd recognize. I mean, Nate Robinson, I think, played in it. Rashard um, Lewis, Rashard Baron Lewis. Davis. Yeah. You had plenty of players. And Al Harrington cool. was the king of all of them. You know, he played for the Hawks for a while. But um, anyways, guys, okay, well, let's move on. I think we had a uh, our social media uh, post of the week um, here. Uh, I think we have uh, Andy's favorite guy here we're going to show. <laughs> My favorite your favorite wide guy? receiver. Here we go. And my favorite sports Twitter guy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're having some problems with the share here. Hold on one second. We got to fire that guy. Someone got fired on our show. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so here it is. Here's the tweet. Uh, Andy wants to read it, but I'm going to read it. This okay. is from, from your boy, Robbie Anderson. Because I, yes. I, I want to be known for this quote. Okay. The, the circulation of your thoughts tend to become the circumstances of your life good or bad choose wisely <laughs> i love it <laughs> robbie anderson his tweets are are um he also wrote i'm wise don't be fooled by how i type or whatever you might think <laughs> first of all someone posted i don't know if i said on the podcast someone on the reddit said here's our um our problem, our problem child receiver, but he, here's the thing: he doesn't beat women, and he's not an alcoholic. Yeah, he's just he's just kind of like a, a nutball, and I love the guy. And you know what? Fun fact about him: a noon one went down. This guy stepped up this year at the yeah. end of the season. He proved to me that this guy could ball. Um, so I think if you got a fantasy wide receiver, you need a oh. sec a second third. Take Robbie Anderson. Fantasy advice. Sam Darnold in his second year. You got L. Bell for the dump offs in the screen L. game. L. Bell, look at you. The God. Jets offense. You're I don't know. Matthew Barry. good on paper. We'll see. Can't wait. So, so Robbie, I love you, bro. Number one fan over here. So <laughs> Number one Robbie Anderson fan. So let's move on to our, uh, our one of our two topics today, which All is right. the NCAA tournament. So uh, this weekend has been – Pretty good. There's been some really good games. Uh, we watched Auburn upset North Carolina, which I predicted in my bracket. But anyways, I digress. Nice. Uh, but they did uh, actually lose their best player at the end of the game to a knee injury, so he will probably be done. for. So I, I don't know if they'll beat Kentucky today or not, but uh, it, it'll be pretty interesting to watch. But 
the story I really want to focus on um, is well. Before I get to the story, also we you know we had Duke almost lose again. So now two games in a row against UCF last Sunday, and then this week on uh, Friday against Virginia Tech, we watched Duke win a game that they really had no business winning because a player at the last second of both games for the other team missed a wide-open layup twice in a row. Missed a wide-open layup with no time left to to lose the game. So, um, But, you know, speaking of clutch and what clutch is, we got Virginia, who last year were the first number one in history to get beat by a number 16. And... You know, it, it wasn't even a close game. I mean, they got beat bad. Uh, we, I UNBC, think we, baby. I think, Representing UNBC. I think we all thought that if it was a 16 seed to beat a one, it would be, you know, a last-second heave or a miracle shot or something quirky to happen at the end of the game. But that did not happen. So um, they got beat pretty bad. So this year, they're facing Gardner-Webb in the first round, and they were actually down by 14 points in that game. And everybody's thinking, here Virginia is again. They're going to go down. And last night, what I believe to be the best game of the tournament so far, Virginia versus Purdue. Purdue has a player, um, I can't remember his name, but he scored 42 points. He actually now has the record for most points through four games in the tournament. And he also, even though they Purdue lost last night, he already had the most threes ever in a NCAA tournament, period. So, pretty miraculous wow. considering he only played four wow. games. But basically what happened is the game came down to the very end. Purdue was a one-man wrecking crew um, with, with their point guard. And uh, he hit a three-pointer, and Virginia was down by uh, three points. With 5.9 seconds left, uh, Virginia's uh, one of Virginia's players get fouled, and it's a two-point Shot, So he makes the first one, and then that sets up this play that we are about to watch right now. So let's check out this Sweet. play. Check, 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 check it out. There it is. Let's see. And for some reason, I, it's not popping up. Hold on. Let me get the right play here. There it is. Carson Edwards is his name. The guy. Oh, yeah. Carson, the player for Purdue. Carson Edwards. <laughs> that's right. I shouldn't have known that. He was an animal. So this sets up this play. They've made the first shot. It's now 68 to 70 with 5.9 seconds. And let me add, Purdue was shooting free throws up by two points. So they had made, Virginia had shot the ball. Purdue had got an awesome offensive rebound. A lot of people thought to seal the game. The guy gets fouled, and then he only made one out of the two free throws. Got to make your free throws, guys. That would have made it a two-possession game. But instead, he only made one. Purdue gets the ball, the one free throw, and then this sets up what happens here with 5.9 seconds left. Brady Eifert, who secured it. Two-point game. Jerome, short, back tap, Diakite, a race for it, into the hands of Clark, got a chance to win it here. Up the front, it's Diakite for the win! Wow. But it, it was a phenomenal play. Yeah, so it, it it was a phenomenal play. Um, wow. it, and a lot of people say That's that cool. Virginia is the best uh, fundamental team in the NCAA. They play slow. They don't play fast-paced like a lot of other player or teams do. They they're very defensive focused. And after the game, some of the commentators made the point of look at what happened there with 5.9 seconds left. 
they shoot the the second free throw, and the player uh, with the with the blonde hair behind me who makes the the game winning sh- or the game tying shot, he actually treated it just like it was any other free throw at any other point of the game and did a tip out. That's all he was trying to do. He jumped in. He did a tip out that you're supposed to do on any free throw attempt if you're on the offense. And the ball, as soon as the ball went so far back on the backcourt, I was like, oh man, there's no way they're going to be able to get this shot off. And then the guy made an awesome pass. The guy was wide open and made that shot. It was really incredible. I mean, I was thrilled to be watching it. Virginia goes on to win in overtime. That was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So the question is, we have Virginia now in the Final Four who has a chance to win the championship to go from the team last year that lost in the in the first round as a 16 seed or versus 16 seed ever, possibly to winning a championship at least of the Final Four, and I think that's pretty clutch. I think they went from being the biggest choker last year to the most clutch this year so far. The only number one seed so far to make it in, and it, the most there will be two if Duke wins today. So here's the question: Who is someone in sports that you can think of, or a team that was known for being a giant choker who ended up coming through in the clutch and doesn't have that label anymore? I'll go first. It's kind of easy. Okay. And, Andy, you go uh, first. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you want? <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> so the person who I used to think was the best basketball player of all time has now since been demoted. Uh, that's going to be LeBron James. Uh, Combinating's most highly touted high school basketball player in the history of professional basketball. I don't think that's an understatement or hyperbole. Um, he came in a lot of hype, was able to manage the hype uh, pretty well. And uh, after struggling and carrying uh, Cavalier teams to the final after finals and not winning, goes to Miami for not one, not two, not three championships, etc. But in his very first finals, goes up against the buzzsaw Dallas Mavericks with Dirk and company, and doesn't end up pulling through, even though their roster had more talent. Well, it was his second uh, finals. Probably... He, had, he had the one. Oh, it was the second final? Okay. Yeah, the one final. against the Spurs with Cleveland. They got swept. Right, right, right. So, but that was kind of expected because right. the Spurs are so much more dominant, right? But uh, to lose against the Mavericks was a massive blemish on his record. Uh, and he heard the critics. And uh, since then, you know, rattled off a couple more championships in Miami went on to win with the Cavaliers and is now doing what could be a massively failed experiment in Los Angeles. But he doesn't have a lot of good players there either, kind of like Cleveland, but losing to Dallas uh, to be able to bounce back and win chips after that, definitely LeBron James. All right, so I'm going to pick. It's NFL-related. Let's go back to 1969 when the AFL was considered terrible and they would never beat an NFL team in the Super Bowl. What happened? Joe Namath says, we're going to win. They go in and AFC, we're talking about the Colts back then were one of the greatest teams of all time. They were unstoppable, but did they win? They lost. And they changed the course of history. And the Jets will go down as the team that changed the course of NFL AF, AF, AFC history in being a league that was considered not successful and it wouldn't be. And that the merger was a mistake, but they proved it was wrong because they thought they literally the they thought the AFC was going to win or the NFL was going to win all the Super Bowls. That's how they thought. So there you go. I tied the Jets in. I'm sorry, guys. Honorable mentions. Kurt Warner, Don Beebe, uh, Tom Brady, seventh round draft pick, for Christ's sake. And because and only because of an injury did he start. And now he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived. 
So let's talk about that. Michael Jordan, I heard, he, you know, when he came into the league, he That's wasn't true. he wasn't magic. He wasn't like, give me shoes and all this stuff. Well, he never they, he, he had never won a playoff series, uh, you know, the first several years that he was in Chicago. And, you know, once once he finally won one, he won the championship three years in a row. So, <clears throat> but oh, he, when he had an all, when he had an when he had Scotty Pippen, Scottie what, Pippen here, here, here goes Armando. Armando likes to talk about uh, Michael Jordan supporting cast like they were great. You know, if, if, if Michael Jordan was not on ever. that team well, with Scotty Pippen, great. Pippen would not be it's considered a Hall, a Hall of Famer. He would not be considered a Hall of Famer if he what? did not play with Michael Jordan. He, he Scotty Pippen Maybe by not, himself could have never led a team. He just happened to be lucky enough that he ended up getting the greatest player of all time on his team to constantly make him look good. When he, Jordan left during his little mini retirement, the Bulls went from 55, 56 wins to 54 wins. Did they it go was the, very did minimal drop-off. Did they go to the finals those two years? No. They did not, but Pippen still stepped it up, and Pippen was never Michael Jordan, okay? But he was a really great Hall of Fame basketball player. Top 50 all-time. Scott, Scotty mm. Pippen would have never won a championship as the, the best player on Maybe. his team. Maybe. As, That's as, not true. As the best if, player on his team, he would have never. He did. He went to Portland. They did okay. I know they did but, okay, but. Yeah. But that's where he, he was on the tail end of his career anyway. Yeah. In those days. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't know. If you can make that argument about somebody and say they could never have been the best player on their team and won a championship, then how are they a Hall of Famer? He's only in the Hall of Fame because of Michael Jordan. You know, so. All right. So is Dwayne opinion. Wade going to be a Hall of Famer just because he Dwayne played Wade. with Shaq and then LeBron? Yeah, he, he won a championship. He won without them. He and won you, with and Shaq. And you can make, he didn't win by himself. You can make the argument that he was the oh, better. Yeah. You can make the argument he you're was right. a better player right. than Shaq on that team. Dwayne Wade You can't make that argument Miami. with Scottie Pippen ever. You yeah. don't understand. Dwayne Wade in Miami is or in Florida is considered Michael Jordan. Yeah. They love Dwayne Wade. He is a Hall of Famer just because when LeBron went there, LeBron was second to Dwayne Wade. And so was Chris Bosch. They were all in hearts and minds, but not on the hardwood. You ever see like a cover of like a music album? Dwayne Wade was in the middle with his arms around that. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that Arcus. I think Dwayne Wade is without a You can't even, that's not even a conversation. He's a Hall of Famer. No, of Famer. yeah, no, I agree. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but it, you know, he, here's the thing about this art, about this, you know, debate about players or teams that were chokers that ended up coming through. Um, you know, it, it, it's easier to do with coaches. Honestly, it's easier to name coaches because they have longer careers oh, than, than athletes have. And, you know, you look at somebody like Roy Williams is someone I wanted to bring up because I remember before Roy Williams went to North Carolina, he was seen as a choker. He was seen as someone who could never win the big one because with Kansas, he had several teams that they should have been in the championship or won it. And they did not, uh, a lot of early, you know, tournament exits, and then he goes to North Carolina, and I, I can't—I don't know if he's won two or three. He's won at least two. I think maybe, three. I think it's three. Um, and he does not have that label anymore. And if you were to talk to someone who's younger, who doesn't, you know, doesn't, didn't grow up watching Roy Williams at Kansas, they wouldn't even know he had that label. They'd be like, "What?" He at one time he was seen as someone who couldn't win the big one. So, you know, that that's a great example to me of someone who just. Everybody believed that about him for so long, and then he finally got over the hump. Uh, same thing with Jim Beheim. You know, Jim Beheim finally won his championship with uh, Carmelo, and you know, outside that, he was seen as a, a big choker. Uh, Larry Brown, a coach, was was also seen the same the same way. I don't know if Larry Brown ever did get a championship anywhere. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think so. 
Yeah. He's a great coach. That's always that's always the argument. You know, who who is the best coach that hasn't won a championship, you know? Um so Andy Reid? Andy Reid is definitely on that list for oh, sure. Oh, he's definitely there. Yeah. He he's the number one right now, I would say. So Probably. yeah. Well, speaking of the NFL, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, and let's talk about a big decision that was made this week that I don't know if any of us agree with. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe someone will take that take that route. But uh, after the Saints-Rams botch play at the end of the game, which as a Falcons fan, I would like to continually say thank you forever. My gratitude is indebted to those referees for missing <laughs> that play. Um, but I, as a common sense fan, it am, you know, logical enough to say that, yes, it definitely was pass interference. It should have been called. The Rams still would have got the ball with like a minute left and had a chance, you know. But uh, the the NFL Rules Committee this week has ruled to own, or to allow for one year. This is not a permanent change. They're not permanently adopting this. It's basically a tryout, kind of like they did with Instant Replay back in the early 90s. Um, and then they got rid of it for a while before they brought it back in the current style we know today. They're bringing it for a test run to be able to challenge any offensive or defensive pass interference call. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? So uh, can I just ask to clarify, does that mean it, the flag has to be thrown? We cannot call, like the coach can't say, hey, that's a pass interference and throw a flag. It has to be the refs calling the pass no. interference. Correct? No, because no, because that would that would totally defeat the purpose of what happened last so, year. Because last so year the, the coach, flag did not get thrown. Oh, my God. Well, that's even worse. Yes, I agree. I think this is absolutely retarded. And I, 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 just, I'm, I, I just think that it's probably the worst thing they could do. We're talking about making... It's shorter. How is this going to help? Now we're all going to have to sit back and deal with this. It'll be it's, a five-hour-long game. Listen, the first time the ta- uh, first time that happens, it'll be done. Yeah, and the fact that the AA, do what the AAF is doing. Let me just see the booth and let me see them talk. If they didn't call the flag, too bad. The referees need to be accountable for something, right? I'm sorry, they do. Like this was a big argument for the umpires with instant replay in, in the MLB because. The empire, the umpires in control of the game. That's how it works, right? They're accountable for being refs, right? Sure. So, well, they're, but they're human. They're going to make mistakes. But at the end of the day, this is all because Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, is butthurt after what happened in the last year's playoffs. He's on the competition committee, and he ended up doing all of the different things to pay people it. off or to uh, get his way to get this done. Thankfully, it's not a long-term thing. It's a, only a one-year uh, rental as a tryout. But at the end of the day, oh, come on, man. Saints should have made better plays Instead of throwing it when you're in the red zone, you run the ball, you bleed the clock. They should have never put themselves in that position in the first place. So shame on Sean Payton, shame on the Saints. It just sounds like the NFL is doing like the the opposite things they're supposed to be doing. I get it. The concussion concussion stuff is good. I think the doing the third party doctor sure. stuff, great. Like that, I'm all for that. But this whole instant, why are we even talking about instant replay again? I know Sean Payton, but this should have been kiboshed. The owners have to vote this through too, don't they? No, it's it's already it's a done deal at this point. So I, I'm not no, sure. No, but I thought the owners have to set up the vote as well. They may have, but whatever it is, it's in. This is official. So it, maybe the owners did vote for it, but it has to be, I it's believe, just, three quarters of, of the owners. Um, it's a whining rule. 
because they're whining. They're like, oh, I want to be able to call that flag on your horrible call because I'm pissed. Well, too bad. This is the NFL. This is how it's supposed to be. Guess how many challenge flags the coaches have now? Like Still eight. two, right? Still two. Yeah. Change his rule, but you only still only have two challenge flags. Well, thank for that. Thank God for that. <laughs> uh, this is doomed let to me, start. Thankfully, see, it's only one year. Let me see if I can find um, Sean Payton. He had a quote about uh, this where basically he it's said. Not... Go ahead. What are you going to say? Mike, you're just... looking. Yeah, go ahead, Andy. I just think it's, uh, I don't know. Sometimes the NFL is just, uh, I miss the days of Paul Tagubel. Um, the guy was a decent commissioner. Uh, he did some things to change the league. He really did. He really moved the league into a, he was the bridge to make it modern. Paul Tagubel. Tag- I'm saying his Tag- name wrong. Paul Tagubel. Now, would yeah. Paul, I bet you he would have said, eh, He was a great, he was a great commissioner. I miss him so He much. was a great, I think he's the one that helped bring instant replay in. And I think he was there when they implemented it. Roger Goodell came later. Yeah. I think what Roger Goodell is doing, he's turning this, this NFL into this like conglomeration corporate freaking thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not how I looked at the NFL when Paul Tagubel was running it. Right. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. like, he also borrowed some, some tips from uh, XFL Vince McMahon. You know, some of the different camera angles and stuff like that. So uh, whole, he's open to different ways of, of uh, making the product better for fans. And, but. and he wasn't pushed out. He was just getting old, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think Roger Goodell is just, I don't know. What is he trying to do? We, I, what, we, what is we all hate gonna him. Make money for the owners. Everybody hates him. You know? But, you know, the thing, I couldn't find the quote, but basically what Sean Payton said a couple weeks ago was, if the NFL does not change this rule, it's they're not doing their job, and he was putting pressure on them to make this All change. Right. You know, kind of almost, almost like blackmail them, kind of like, like saying like, if they don't do this, it's rigged against me from Bounty Gate. Is I think the gist of what he was trying to say. Uh, and you know, it, they did end up changing the rule, and you know, I believe that this is going to be a disaster. At this point, each team has two get out of jail free cards. Um, in their back pocket for both ha- both halves because we are going to yeah. see this used. All these coaches are. It, it's no longer going to be like, oh, you know, if there's just not a play, I'm going to keep this in my pocket. It's going to be okay. There's five minutes left in the second quarter. I still got my two challenges. I'm going to find any ticky tack thing that might be construed as pass interference, and I'm going to throw my challenge flag on it. That's what we're going to. It is now going to become strategy, and I'll tell you who's going to use it better than anybody. We all know who it's going to be. Bill New Belichick, he is going to use this so far to his advantage. It is going to be insane because we all know that on every single NFL play, I could call an offensive holding and I could call a pass interference on a pass play on every one because they all use their hands. It's part of the game, you know? So I, I think that this is going to... It's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. I, I totally agree. And it's going to be a, a, a huge disaster. Now... Coming back to the original point of, you know, as you were talking about the referees in the game, um, you know, a lot of people have been making the argument that the referees are actually the problem here because, think about this, in sports, we've got these athletes out there, they're in the prime of their careers playing professional sports, and how old are they? You know, any late 20s, early late 30s. Late 20s, early 30s. And we got referees out there in their 60s. You know, they're, they're, they're 50s and 60s. And, you know, basically the point here is, is maybe it's time for us to get, you know, some newer 
fresher referees in the game that have the eyesight. You got to think of the eyesight. When you get older, your eyesight goes down. You know, there's a there, that's another one of the advantages that people, you know, in their you know their prime of their life, health wise, you know, have is their eyesight is the best it's going to be, you know, in their lifetime. So, what do well, you guys think about that? Bring I, what I think about that is I'm going to bring up the AAF. The AAF is doing a conscious decisions with the referee, the, how their refs look. I think their referees look younger. They also have three women on staff as referees. Yeah. And these women are not old. These women are in their 30s. Um, and did you notice the AAF refs are, you know, maybe the oldest guys in his 40s? I, I've seen, I think they're doing a service to the refs where in the NFL they're hurting the refs and they're making their job just crazier. They're just like, I bet you the refs are sitting in the ref room in some ref bar and they're all looking at each other like, man, they're really just making it hard for us to, to be acceptable as, as call as, as that's a ref. All right. You like, think about a line judge in tennis. Like he makes all the shots. His decision matters most. But right? they do something cool in tennis though. They have the they computer do that. graphic image where the ball hits sure. the line and you can yeah. see that. And it's pretty clear. But if they said that you could challenge the computer animated tennis thing now, that's something the NFL would do. Like in the future, say we have a computer thing. They're going to vote in. Now you could challenge the computer against its call. I don't like what they the still f- only have two flags, right? So they're not going to be able to do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Thank what I'm God. Really Thank God. To see is the Hail Mary. End of the half, end of the game, before oh, usually refs point. swallow their whistles at well, the end of the it, half. Well, it, it'll be, it'll be, we'll that, that's still, it's within the two minutes. It can't be a challenge. It has to be from the booth. Even oh, still? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Guess, they're, they're not going to change when the coaches can throw the flag just because true. they have an extra, you know, because the so point is. So then I'll throw my Hail Mary three minutes before the end of the half. <laughs> So, so that that's why you know this is supposed to be to appease Sean Payton because you know the booth obviously would have called on that egregious of a play you know so I I think in the last two minutes of the game it's going to have to be egregious I, I think the referees are going to have a really hard time justifying passing and and what what are we going to do are we going to say if it's egregious or are we going to say if a guy's got his hand on another guy because that's every play. Well, the tuck rule is a good example of getting rid of something that wasn't necessary. I think they got rid of the tuck rule, right? Or is that still happening? No, they That's changed still the thing because of Brady. But I thought they changed. They, they rewrote th- it so it's clear. They rewrote it. Um, yeah. So I don't like the test. This is not tested in preseason. What are they doing putting it into the league? Like, why not say, let's test it in preseason? Why are they going to do this right now to us? You know? Well, uh, didn't they do I just that? don't like didn't they do that with overtime rules a couple of years ago or something? They probably, they probably tested in the preseason, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. The NFL, I love the NFL. Absolutely love it. But I hate their, their, it's like any movie you've seen where the suits, you know, they're the corporate suits yeah. are taking over the, the industry of, you know, that's why the Renaissance is the AF and the XFL. At least that's like kind of changing the bag. A well, little if, you, bit. if you, if you look at the Falcons, you know, uh, the, the suits, so to speak, have really ruined our new stadium. And it's very unfortunate because our new stadium is a hundred percent season tickets. So right. there's no individual tickets for the games. And so what has happened in Atlanta that doesn't have the same kind of draw to NFL that some of the other cities have is almost all of those seats are bought by number one ticket brokers or number two 
businesses, you know, who buy them for their clients or whatever, and they may only use one of those tickets a week. They really buy them for the right or uh, one of those, you know, sets of tickets per year because they just buy them for the write-off. And if they have a big client in town, they may want to take them, you know, to the game. And so you look at Atlanta and our stadium, even for a huge game, you know, is usually only 80% full at best. Sometimes it's less than that. And there's empty seats everywhere, but yet they're able to say that it's a sellout because all of the season tickets were sold out, but the people aren't coming. So, and I'll tell you, at the end of last year, the attendance in the games was very rough once we were out of the playoffs. It was very rough. Wow. It was terrible. So, we'll see. I, I can't see this lasting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it's just kind of like, all right, we got to deal with that now. All right. Yeah. Fine. Fine. I so, am excited for football, though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so we got the draft um, coming up. Coming we're actually up. we're going to be on a hiatus for two weeks. Uh, I'm I'm going to be on vacation. Got some different stuff going on, so we'll be on hi- hiatus for the next two weeks. And so I think we'll have one episode before our NFL draft live stream. What? It's yeah, gonna be fun. Yeah, so that's yeah. Thursday be- night. Uh, Thursday night, like uh, what is it? Eight eight your time? I think so. The- Something yeah. like that. Yeah. 7.30 Yeah, that'll be fun. So, yeah, we'll get I'm on excited. a couple minutes before, and then we'll talk about the picks, and it'll, you know, it'll be pretty fun. I don't know if we'll make it the whole night. Maybe maybe just through the first 15 or something. I'm not sure yet. We'll just yeah. have, we'll have to fill it. We'll have to fill it, you know. But uh, that brings us to the close of today's episode number six of Immaculate Perceptions. Uh, all we got left is our 30 seconds to glory, where we each get to rant about something. Um, and since I think I'm the only sports ranter, I'll let you guys go first. Uh, I was going to talk about sports again because I always tell you guys what I'm going to talk about and I never talk about what I tell you. <laughs> it's like my thing. But I will talk about video games here. Um, I was watching, I was, li- I like, I've been getting into anime and I, I also love video games. So I like anime video game centric stuff. And I discovered the show on Netflix that came out a year ago. That's Japanese port to Netflix. Uh, it's called uh, High Score Girl. And it's literally about 1991. It takes place in Japan when Street Fighter 2 came out. And they use real retro video game footage intertwined with them playing in the anime. So it's using real video. And that's just not only Street Fighter. They talk about other retro games. And as you guys know, if you look at my Twitter, I'm very into retro gaming. This show is hitting home for me because they even tell you how, how you do special moves with characters. Oh, cool. Really, really cool. I love it. If you like anime and gaming, check it out. I mean, it's kind of like a harmless plug. It's not a glory thing, but they actually are doing something I've never seen before, before where it's like real gaming footage put into an anime. So mm. pretty cool. Uh, otherwise, cool. have a great week. Awesome. Uh, for me, it's simple. Uh, baseball season just started. It's springtime. The sun is out here in Maryland. Um, take some time if you're able to, if you have a, a double A, triple A, or even a major league team, if you can get some cheap tickets, enjoy the sun, grab a hot dog, grab the family, uh, watch some baseball while the season's still fresh. The grass is cut. It's not humid and you're sweating for no reason. This is the perfect time uh, to enjoy some baseball before things get nuts. So, I plan on doing that in the next couple of weeks. I implore you to do the same. I also would like to talk to you, MLB. (laughs) Opening day, a.k.a. opening night, was on Thursday night. And guess what, guys? I didn't even know it was happening. And I think this really speaks to the problem that baseball has. It it isn't only in a, a sport with outdated rules. 
And it's a very hard-to-watch sport oftentimes because of the slow action. Um, but also, it has fallen way behind marketing-wise and technologically from the other sports. And if baseball looks to be revamped and maybe grab a younger audience, then it's going to have to do something about its marketing. I love sports, and I didn't even know opening night or opening day was happening. So I think that you guys have got to figure out a way to draw newer, younger blood into your sport, or else you're going to die. And I think you can take a lot of lessons from the NFL, from the NBA, and from some of the other college sports, such as college football. They do a great job advertising, a great job marketing themselves, and you guys just aren't doing it now. I'm Big Boy. Thank you. Wow. Uh, I agree with you because uh, MLB died for me in 2000. And the mm. Mets got swept by the Subway Yankees. Series, baby. Yeah. yeah, you know. Y'all are like such bitter rivals. Ugh. I love it. Not it's really because they're not a competition. <laughs> Whatever. So, all right, all right, guys, that's it. We're going to cut it off. We're going to cut it off before y'all start fighting. So, all right, guys, that's all we got for you yep. guys this week. We will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. We'll see you. Out. Out. Uh, IP pod on Twitter. IP pod on Twitter. At IP pod.